0: This is Conquering Columbus.
1: Hey everybody, Mike here and you are listening to the Conquering Columbus podcast and I am really excited for this episode this week because we got to talk with the man, the myth, the legend, and the producer and editor of the show, Mr. Andy Miller. And on top of somehow finding a way to make Josh and I not sound like idiots week in and week out, Andy runs a very successful music production, songwriting, and sound engineering company, Waveform Music Group, which you'll hear a lot more about in this episode, but at the beginning of the show, we talk with Andy about how sound engineers make a name for themselves early in their career, especially in the music and entertainment space.
2: It's truly all in who you know, who you network with. A lot of people will tie themselves to an artist. They'll just invest their time on the front end and start to do projects with them. And then the artist gets picked up by a label and then they want to bring their engineer with them and mm-hmm. to do their mixes and stuff like that. So, truly so they'll, like, they'll like do
1: effort. work for free mm-hmm. for the artist in yeah. hopes that this artist
2: makes it. A lot of times. yeah. Sounds like gambling. Uh, Yes, very much so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Later on we talk about the parts of sound engineering that Andy really has a passion for outside of editing Conquering Columbus.
2: Music production, songwriting, and sound design. Those are sort of my three areas that give me the most satisfaction when I'm working on those things. It's really cool too. I'll get a piece of video content that the client is super happy and they love the way it looks. And then it comes to me to do the finishing work. I put all my sound design behind it, fill in the sonic space to create a world that is missing because you're only using one part of your senses visually. I create the other half of that. People don't expect the less Level of detail that's involved with sound design. And then they get to hear it, and they're like, oh my God, this is even better than we expected. So it's really cool to see that payoff. We wrap up the show
1: talking about what Andy's goals for the future are with Waveform Music Group and where he hopes to take the business.
2: I would love to position myself as the go-to podcast creator, producer. I think it's something that not a lot of people know how to get into. And if they do get into it on their own, it's difficult for them to execute on it. They don't realize how many things are involved in the process. And then they end up spending tons of time doing this. And it's like, okay, well, I just want to get to recording and talking to people and stuff. So
1: much of the show is in our typical format. We also laugh a lot with Andy and enjoy the chance to talk with him about his career and journey as always we hope you enjoy this episode thanks so much for tuning in let's get on with the show hey everybody welcome to another episode of the conquering columbus podcast and this is a very special episode because we've got a very special guest somebody you've heard from before and i'll leave that as the hint before josh and i dive into our normal antics on the intro but josh what's going on with you
0: not much, man. Just uh, enjoying the summer weather. It's been nice. I think it's funny. Do when you introduce- ever say
1: anything different than not much, man? That's what I want to know.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, because there's usually not much going on. I do think it's funny the way that you open, like you you put a little cliffhanger for our guest that's coming up almost like a father with a Christmas gift. You know, you yeah. act like it's so special. You're like, oh, we got a special when guest their
1: When their name is on the episode and it's like, Their picture is on the thing. Like everyone knows who we're talking (laughs) to. Secret. But I'd like to pretend that they don't at this point. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just
0: my thing. Yeah. We, I think we appreciate it. Some, some people appreciate it.
1: Right. Probably. Probably. Maybe not well
2: i like it and i edit the show
1: (laughs) (laughs) surprise everybody uh with that i guess we'll introduce our guest for today he's jumping in already but it is andy miller and everybody should know andy he's the founder of waveform and he also happens to be the extra special editor of the conquering columbus podcast which i'm sure is his greatest accomplishment up to this point (laughs) but andy's business waveform focuses on songwriting and production serving a variety of different companies across all kinds of production needs. And he's got a deep background in music production, post-mixing and sound design. And he earned a BFA in electronic media, audio film and television with honors. Is that with honors? Yeah. And from the University of Cincinnati at the College Conservatory of Music. And he has worked professionally as an audio engineer and mixer since 2008. He has worked on countless projects involving national ad campaigns, television shows, radio content, live events, and more. He even sent us some samples. So he's uh, on the big time over there. And beyond his work as a mixer, he has written music or commissioned for pop, hip hop, and EDM artists alongside custom music for large scale ad campaigns. So we're really excited to bring Andy to the show finally to have our editor here and talking. And now you. you. You guys get a chance to hear from the man behind the curtain. So, Andy, welcome to Conquering Columbus.
2: Thanks, guys. Good to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. There's so many ways we could take this. I think I'm just going to jump right into the random stuff. Sounds good. Hip-hop, EDM, and pop music. Yeah best artists you've worked for? Like craziest artists you've worked for?
2: Oh gosh. Um, Nobody that you've probably ever heard of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done a bunch of commercial work. Mm -hmm. I have done a lot of library music, music that you've heard in films, television commercials, radio broadcast ads, all kinds of stuff like that.
0: When your samples get reused, do they have to give you notification like, Hey, it's coming up and it's going to be in the new Top Gun movie and like, you can hear it at X, Y, Z time, or do they just sample whenever?
2: So basically, once it goes up to the library, anybody can subscribe to the service and pull it down and utilize it. So they could have used something for Top Gun, and I won't get paid for it for like five years. Nice. So, that check's yeah. going to be big. Good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <So hopefully, laughs> there you go. Hopefully something gets picked up. So
1: taking a step back here a little mm-hmm. bit,
2: now that I've gotten my
1: random question out of the way, can you give a little background on yourself for our guests? Yeah. Kind of you know the usual stuff, right? I mean, I don't even have to tell you what the questions are. You've heard them all before, so yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like you said, I started at UC uh, University of Cincinnati Bearcats. I was at the Conservatory of Music, and there I was able to stretch myself in terms of both the technology side of audio production and music production. Utilize sort of my musical skills to have like a full time job, essentially. That's how it all started. But then it kind of morphed into, okay, well, I like electronic music. Let's figure out how to write and create that. And then one thing led to another. I tried to get a job in Nashville working for studios, sort of that traditional like mix engineer route. But that didn't really shake out because I essentially was working at Kroger full time instead of being able to utilize my skills and what I wanted to be doing.
0: Did you actually move down to Nashville for a I did move time? down to
2: Nashville, yeah. I was there for about six to eight months.
0: And then you just said, like, look, that working at Kroger full time, like I can't juggle yeah. both these is not gonna work. And then you came back. Yeah. It was
2: it was slightly defeating just because the market is so saturated, but it was cool to see how that was all set up. It's a really like mom and pop shop almost. But then you've got people, top 40 artists coming into this house that you're working at. And
0: how does one separate themselves as an engineer in that space? Cause it's like you have the the quote-unquote, the brand or the personality on top who is going to make the the vocals and things if we're just strictly talking about music? Yeah. And so the person behind the scenes, is there the ability to actually say, like, I am the best engineer in this space?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's tons of sort of rock star engineers out there. Um, this It's a pretty niche market, so you really have to go digging for it. But once you get into it, you... There's definitely like a top ten mm-hmm. out there for sure.
1: How do they, yeah, how do they become top ten though? Like 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 is it from yeah. like they get one shot and then someone's like, Yeah, I really enjoyed working with this person, yeah. or
2: is it something else? Most of the time it's that. It's it's truly all in who you know, who you network with. A lot of people will tie themselves to an artist. They'll just invest their time on the front end and start to do projects with them and then the artist gets picked up by a label and then they want to bring their engineer with them and mm-hmm. to do their mixes and stuff like that so okay it's true so they'll like, like do
1: work for free mm-hmm. for the artist in yeah. hopes that this artist makes it
2: a lot of times yeah. It sounds like gambling uh yes very much so <laughs> yeah there's no direct path to success
0: <laughs> and talk about just audio engineering in general it, it's like you hear about mechanical engineering civil and then i don't think you know you just, Audio isn't as popular, yeah. so you don't hear about it as much. You don't yeah. know all the complexities that go behind the music you listen to because it sounds so simple on the surface. Yeah,
2: definitely. It's a lot of troubleshooting, especially on the front end when you're trying to maybe get a recording captured or just get a mix dialed in. Let's say you go to a recording studio, you set up a band or you set up an artist, or even if you work in your computer, you have to know like a lot of routing and stuff like that. But Lots of signal flow in terms of what goes where. Hey, this person's too loud. They need to be turned down. Like, how can I control certain aspects of the whole process of creating a song or writing a song? And then where you get into the creative field, you have to combine both sort of engineering as well as the songwriting into one giant product effort, if you will.
0: There's a there's a large variety of inputs that create outputs similar to any yeah. version of engineering. And, and yeah. so you have to be able to control those with respect to the environment you're in to yeah. create the right output.
2: Yeah, there's lots of like different microphones involved different mixing boards like different effects plugins and stuff like that so you kind of have to pick your tools Mm -hmm. know what tools to use you're in a bunch of different situations so maybe this situation calls for this tool maybe this situation doesn't so lots of uh problem solving it reminds me of when josh wanted
1: to get a roadcaster because you could press a button and make a noise (laughs) yeah that was like he really wanted to make the noise yeah and, but we ended up with Zoom, which is a little more mobile yep. and does it makes the job no just noises, fine. So but it has noises. no buttons for noises. Which, frankly, imagine after he said Bearcat, if could. I could have
0: come in and go <laughs> yeah. and hit that three times,
1: you nailed that Rar. I, know. I, was, I was impressed. <laughs> I know. So, all right, we're getting off track here, though.
2: So, well,
0: you went. You so you got back to Dayton and then to Columbus. You said
2: I did. Yeah. So I'm from Dayton originally. Um, I currently live there just to be closer to family. But when I moved back to Dayton, I just I kind of always knew that I would come to Columbus. It always seemed like this shining beacon of like progress and Mm -hmm. just kind of seemed like it was on the cutting edge of everything. So I just needed to figure out a way to get up here.
0: And so once you got up here, where did you start to go? Did you start to do your own thing at that point or did you...
2: Yeah. So I was always doing my own thing. I always had my own equipment. I always invested in speakers and computer upgrades and stuff like that. Just so I could get a little more hands-on outside of the classroom. Um, And just There's no fear of failure when you're sitting behind your own equipment and you screw something up or whatever. So it it was a good spot to be able to learn on, but... To circle back to your question. So I initially worked for a church for like a couple of years. But when I worked at the church, it was really interesting. It was a totally different dynamic than what I was used to. It was very fast paced. They had television, they had online stuff that they would do, like online services that I had to manage. I'd do like live mixing and all kinds of stuff like that. But I got laid off. And then from there, I did some live sound gigs. And then I think I did that for like two years, all the while still recording clients just in my bedroom at that point. And then I got in touch with a couple studios in town, developed a relationship with them, started getting clients that way, really just tried to meet as many people as I possibly could, just get tapped into the creative scene, just talking to as many artists and stuff that I could. You basically just have to get known for your good work and being good to work with and being cool to hang out with, essentially. From that point, I worked at Mills James Productions. I was there for, I think, like five or six years. Um, I started in operations there just to get, which gave me a really good sort of foundation for just how production in general works. They're a post-production facility. So I got a taste of audio post-production, which was like a lot of sound design, a lot of mixing. It's different than music mixing because you record like a lot of voiceover, selecting sound effects, creating your own sound effects, mixing broadcast content, which has its own set of sort of standard so yeah then from there i started to get the itch like hey i want to expand i want to take this to a different level that i don't believe i can get to here so i went off on my own at that point my songwriting partner and i went into business together to create waveform uh we grew that together we've since parted ways we're still friends and he still writes sometimes for music that we're we're both involved in
0: what year what year was this
2: gosh i think that was almost like five years ago at this point does so. it just fly by? Does it
0: feel like it, it does. was yesterday?
2: It's absurd. Like, you get so little sleep, but time goes by so fast. It's wild. It feels
1: like life accelerates.
2: It does. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, like, the older
1: you get, the faster it goes. And yep. it's just, like, I can't believe we're already halfway through 2022. It's just...
0: Somebody wrote something about that where they tried to, like, prove that scientifically, that uh, that, that life It speeds up as you get older and... I have no idea, but going back because we get Mike on a rabbit hole and he'll fucking talk about space. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, all it's just, probably all just, just a simulation. simulation. <laughs> Those are the best moments, though. <laughs> oh man, it makes me so mad. So, and I, I feel a lot about audio similar to how I feel about telecom and like it's I've taken it so much for granted. I, yeah. I turn on the TV and I everything seems simple, and then yeah. somebody was trying to explain to me like telecommunications and all the complexity. I'm like, you just pick up a phone and you dial, you know? So, right, right, and. To hear about so you have pre-production and then post-production, all these things that go into yeah. it, have you found a certain category within that, whether it's mixing for podcasts and production for podcasts or movies or or, or music, there's yeah. certain areas that you really have found your uh, passion in?
2: Yeah, most definitely. Music production, songwriting, and sound design. Those are sort of my three areas that give me the most satisfaction when I'm working on those things. It's really cool too, because you can, I'll get a piece of material, piece of video content that a graphics artist has spent hundreds of hours creating and the client is super happy and they love the way it looks. And then it comes to me to do the finishing work. I put all my sound design behind it. I sort of fill in the sonic space to create a world that is missing because you're only using one part of your senses visually. So I create the other half of that. And it's really cool because people don't expect the level of detail that's involved with sound design. And then they get to hear it. They're like, oh my God, this is even better than we expected. So it's really cool to see that payoff.
0: Is there ever a world or a possibility where computers take away the art that's currently added in with audio engineering?
2: Um, I think in some capacity, that is the fear, I think, in the industry. I mean, when computers first came out, engineers at the time were like, this is going to ruin everything. There's going to be no sort of hands-on, there's going to be no creativity, but can't really predict what the next technology is or how it's going to feel when you're using it. There's Mm -hmm. there's always like a level. I mean, a human is going to operate it no matter what either right. by programming it or using it. So there's always going to be that element. So I yeah. don't think it's ever going to get phased out. I was going
1: to say, I feel like it would be super, super difficult to teach mm. a computer how to make something that sounds good. Like, first off, how do you teach a computer how to hear? Second off, right. how do you teach it what sounds good and what doesn't? Like, that's all subjective yeah. and very much part of the human experience. I mean, right. it's almost... I feel like it would be very, very difficult. I mean, I bet you computers will get a lot better at, like cleaning things up, though, Absolutely and yeah. doing that type of work. But like the actual... Songwriting and production and filling that sound space, like you're talking about, I feel like that would be so difficult. Like yeah. we're years and years, years and years. At that point, right? Yeah. yeah, we're years and years and years away from an AI that could do that. Yep.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's interesting too because the tools that are being created are truly just to eliminate the barrier between the user or the operator with the technology. Everything is just meant to make mm-hmm. it easier, make it more seamless, just to make it effortless, especially, I mean, both music production and audio engineering and sound design, so. So you and your partner
1: split about five years ago, you said, and he goes to do his own thing. It started uh, started five years ago. So we you... started the
0: company about five company years ago. Five years yeah, ago. Okay, yeah, we,
2: we just recently, uh, went, we just went different ways, really. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his wife have a really successful architecture firm that they both run and he's running the other 50% of it so it's 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 going really well. Okay, I guess you know you got some other successful company. I guess that's
1: a good yeah. excuse. <laughs> yes, it's a perfect uh, excuse, but, especially with your wife. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you can't choose Andy over your wife. I don't I could, yeah. don't get that if you're listening out there, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, at that point did you have like a long-term plan for waveform is it just you and your partner at that
2: point Did you start thinking about like okay where do we go from here like what is that what does that look yeah. like yeah yeah it was interesting our partnership worked really well at, at the start because he was creative in the ways that i really wasn't and his skill sets sort of like filled in the gaps he was definitely the business manager and i was sort of the sales like go oh, out get the leads like how can we come up with different ways to get clients and just get this thing started so that worked really well but yeah when we started discussing sort of him stepping away i was a little bit fearful because I'm not the greatest at managing finances and just having a grasp on just the business as a whole, which is interesting because this podcast has provided me with like a ton of really relevant and usable information. I'm not just saying that because I'm on the podcast or I work work with you guys, but it truly was like a, a really great resource for stuff like that. So. Well, you were forced to listen to Yes, exactly. A hundred and some <laughs> yeah. odd episodes. Oh, so man, I would hope you I got something minutes. out of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was some fear. It was definitely a milestone and a turning point. And I had to really dig in and not only work the sales and marketing and creative and technical. I had to get a handle on the business just like just as like a operational type of thing. So
0: what about building out a team and scaling? Like, mm-hmm. have you found it easy, or have you even attempted so far to replicate your genius and put it in? other individuals to help you guys grow?
2: I actually just recently started working with an intern and would ultimately like to expand that into employees and just create a larger scale thing that I can step away from in some capacity, just because it'll allow me, it'll free up more of my time to do the creative and be involved in the projects that are higher level. And
0: is there certain focuses as you think about scaling and adding team members, employees, are there certain projects that you hope to take on more than others? Like, Are you looking to be kind of the, the podcast audio engineer across the city, state, nation, yes. or yeah. other yeah.
2: types. That is, that is absolutely a part of my effort. I mean, first, I was a consumer of podcasts and I love the format. I just love all of it. It's great. I listen to entertainment stuff, listen to business stuff, and I like all kinds of stuff. But I would love to position myself as the go-to podcast creator, producer. I think it's something that not a lot of people know how to get into. And Mm -hmm. if they do get into it on their own, it's difficult for them to execute on it. They don't realize how many things are involved in the process that are like these little technical things that they have to figure out. And then they have spending tons of time doing this. And it's like, okay, well, I just want to get to recording and talking to people and stuff. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Just go back about 250 episodes. Right. Listen to that. (laughs) Then come back and listen to this. And you'll get an idea of... The difference.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do love when they're like, like I, I checked it out before I came. I listened to the Jenny Brittenbauer episode, and that oh, was like yeah. e- episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we, we didn't even have, I think we were recording it on an iPhone at some we point. Had, we had
1: one of those blue snowballs, you know? Yeah. And we had it on sound capture the whole room. Nice. Like, yeah. you know, we're all just talking <laughs> at the blue snowball in the center of the table. Like, yeah. yeah, this is good. There's an, oh, actually, my favorite one is the episode with the, the Picassos. Uh, who are friends of ours? This is okay. like we're so like
0: in a living room. We're in a living room. It's <laughs> yeah. echoing
1: across yeah. the living room. Yeah. There's a dog in the background walking yeah. around. Like I mean, that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we thought we could get away with that at yeah. the
2: time. I mean, your content is great, and I think yeah, when I first met you guys, that was like a huge thing. I was like, wow, these guys really know what they want. They know where their weaknesses are. They know what they want the podcast to sound like. It was a really good kickoff point.
1: I think this is a good place to ask a question because I think a lot of our listeners like I
0: the whole thing is centered around asking questions. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but I have a specific question. I can't wait for it. (laughs) There you go. Uh, But I think it's a good place to kind of ask this particular question because we're talking about podcasting and getting into podcasting and doing that. And I think a lot of our listeners think about it from time to like, oh, what? I would want to do a podcast or I'd want to do something. So like from a production standpoint and from other than getting an editor early on, if you can, (laughs) if you can afford it. Yeah. What can people do to kind of prepare themselves and get better at it from your perspective, from from someone who's been in production for forever? And, you know, you... Recommended a whole bunch of equipment to us. Like, Mm -hmm. what would you what would you suggest to someone who's like, hey, I want to get started a podcast, but I don't know where to begin?
2: Yeah, truly, I would say to start by just consuming as many podcasts as you can, because once you become an expert consumer, you start to realize like, okay, well, this one doesn't work because of this Or this one feels off because there's too much time between when the host asks the guest the question or the story feels funky or the format is off. So I I truly think it starts with that.
0: I think that was really helpful for us, too, because as we sat down and talked with you about what direction we want to take it, like you can make a lot of amazing things happen, but you can't drive the strategic direction that... We would want, you know, right? That's kind Surely. of got to come from us and understand yeah. what we think good sounds like and right. uh, how we want it to all turn out in the end. It yeah. was
1: also funny because I think Josh and I have very different preferences because I yeah. think because <laughs> yeah. like I sent you like stuff you should know and a couple of others. and we were talking about like the music in the beginning, yeah. by the way, people Andy designed our music in the intro. Uh, and when we did that design process, Josh sent like pretty intense like <laughs> business photos, like boom, yeah. boom, like how' yeah. hitting stuff. and I'm like, stuff you should know. it's got like a little bit of trumpet in the background yeah. and like very, yeah. very relaxed. Yeah. And somehow Andy took that kind of moved them them and mesh them into one. But that was a really interesting process of like sending you what we like. And then I have no idea how you took
2: what I liked and what Josh liked and put it into one thing. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting process. I'll sometimes just be walking around the house doing stuff and I'll sing like a little riff or just have an idea and I'll sing it into my phone and that somehow translates into whatever idea comes out.
0: That that's how I know this is definitely not my world too. Yeah. Is like I don't really know what I like until I'm in the moment listening to it and then yeah. I hear it mixed together with things. So when yeah. people are like, "Oh, give me inspiration on," even when it comes to creative design like graphic design, I'm like, "I have no idea." Like just just do what you do, and uh, at the end, then I can sit back and look and reflect and say, yeah, "I like it," "I don't like it." But to be in the heat of the moment and try to design that, like it requires the element of the the engineering and yeah. actually being able to construct it, but then also a uh, a lot of creativity.
2: Yeah, I I think that's probably of benefit for you because I think it gets dangerous when people have just the slightest bit of knowledge and they want to step in and sort of get involved in the technical instead of being a little bit more hands off. So yeah,
1: we just give it to you and say,
2: go. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go, Andy. I don't, (laughs) Yeah, whatever you want to do do (laughs) that with everybody, but right.
0: (laughs) Did you drive all the way here from Dayton? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) We've had one other person come here from Dayton, except he flew here on an airplane. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, he did. From Dayton. (laughs)
1: He did. He's got a fighter jet that he flies around. Oh, that's rad. I don't think
0: he flew the fighter jet.
1: Gotcha. But I think
0: he did fly an airplane anyways.
1: (laughs) Before we get into random questions, because I have a couple of random questions I want to ask you. Yeah. What What are some of the things you guys are working on right now at Waveform? like, what are the big initiatives other than obviously
2: the Conquering Columbus podcast? Yeah, this is top tier. This is, this is what I look <laughs> this forward to. This is probably every the week. top priority on your list, right? <laughs> it is, I mean, it definitely. You is. said
1: earlier your favorite thing to do and the thing you're passionate about is music production, all
2: that stuff. Yeah. But I know yes. that <laughs> Conquering Columbus is right above that. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure if I can talk about the the brands specifically, but Mm -hmm. um, I will say that I've done some work in the past handful of months with a Fortune 50 company um, doing a bunch of advertising. Um, I had a number of songs land on TikTok that the NFL is using, MLB, uh, MLS, a bunch of those people. Lots of television networks use my stuff sometimes. Um, E-news network, food network, just anybody can pick it. And it's interesting because you get like your little... Your sheet at the, like, quarterly that comes from um, the performance rights organization, BMI, gives you a list of who has utilized your music. Sometimes you have to sift through because not every company is notated as the public would know it, but hmm. all kinds of stuff, yeah. Can,
0: can you pick and choose pricing? Like, do they engage with you before they can actually pull that content on? And then you can say, okay, well, like, you know, you're a massive company, Food Network, here's my pricing yeah. for this section.
2: Yeah, so early on, and this was... This was something that Carlin and I, when we first started the business, we tried to approach it a little bit differently because there's definitely a barrier from people who want to use custom music, but they really don't know how. We try to look at the music as more of a product instead of something that I've like, we've dumped our heart and soul into. So when we got into a relationship with a label, a music label, we were able to create music for them, based on what they call a creative brief. They give that to us. We write the music. They may come back with some changes. We make those changes. We deliver it to them. Um, and then they just host it on their library and give access to tons of different people all over the world, really.
0: When you're engaging with somebody like the Food Network and these these yeah. massive brands, like just the way to... I'm curious about the monetization structure behind it.
2: Yeah, so it varies. Um, I have my own personal client structure, but when it comes to releasing your music for a label to host you get paid via royalties Mm -hmm. and all of those royalties are negotiated internationally regionally nationally so there's and networks have their own different rates and depending on what somebody's subscription is to the library it could be different so Hmm. where it's being used and how often it's being used is the formula they use to come up with the price basically
0: so I talked to a guy the other day who said he wrote the Nickelodeon jingle. Oh, sick. That guy's probably got to have a lot of money, I would assume. I would
2: assume so, yeah. Yeah, it's like long-term money. I can't money. even remember the Nickelodeon jingle right now. Me either.
0: He did it, and I thought... I didn't want to say it out loud because I'm I'm also bad at matching those things. So I thought it was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, uh... the. Fr- and then he stepped in and said it himself before I could screw it up. And I was like, yeah, I was going to yeah, say that's Nickelodeon. It. That's okay."
1: <laughs> so what's the future look like for you, Andy? Like, do you have a yeah. vision of like, you? we talked earlier about like, hey, I want to kind of expand. I want to grow. But yeah. how big do you want to grow? Like, have you thought about that? Have you thought about like, okay, how many, you know, is there a point at which you'd stop like, okay, 10 employees, 20 employees? Like, is there a point at which you'd say,
2: okay, that's kind of, I am I want to keep doing my own thing and back yeah. off?
1: Or do you want to grow this thing too?
2: Yeah. Hiring employees. I just started thinking about this year and it was definitely something that was like, interesting. I'm going to have to come to terms with sort of relinquishing control of, I go from handling every aspect to the business to passing off a good chunk of the business or the work of the business to somebody else. So expanding, just really doing more and growing mm-hmm. is, is is where my head's at right now.
0: What well, parts of the business don't you enjoy right now?
2: Um. It's okay to say podcast.
0: No, <laughs> no. I, I truly enjoy it. I mean, it could be podcasts. like, it could be like <laughs> everybody like, else's is podcast. Is, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. this is, but it all falls under product, right? That's all the engineering yeah. elements. Then you have the finance elements and the sales. Yeah. And- yeah. Uh, HR, you have to manage yourself, I guess. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. Um, finances and things like that, I just recently got a really good handle on. So that hasn't, uh, the newness hasn't worn off on that yet. So I'm still kind of excited about doing that. But I would say the maintenance sometimes is can be tedious doing drive backups, trying to figure out, okay, when's the last time I backed up this drive? Or when is this subscription going to need to be refreshed? Those, those things that really just bog down me getting straight into the creative. It's mm-hmm. different when you work for a corporation. They've got the infrastructure to manage all that stuff. But when you start having to do it all on your own and you're scaling and stuff like that, it becomes a big hassle.
1: Yeah, that actually reminds me of some podcast advice that I have for people who are thinking about starting podcasts. <laughs> you said drive backups. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, back up your drive or get it in the cloud, do something, but don't let it sit on a hard drive. Yeah. I have, uh, we're on felt- a hard
0: floor where you're going to run
1: over. I <laughs> yeah. felt the pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that story? you had to have heard that story. Oh yeah. You, you called-, called on the, Oh podcast. wait, no,
2: you rolled over a drive. I did not hear that.
1: All right. This was December of like 2018, 2017. We were like two years in the podcast. We kept all of our, all of our recordings on a terabyte drive. Yeah. Right. That's the only place we kept them. And we had like Five or six recordings on this thing, and I'm in Palm Desert, which works bring-
0: well if there's on a Ford Explorer park. Hold, <laughs> hold on, hold <laughs> on, we're getting away. There. We're, You're
1: you're giving away the story. <laughs> Shannon, who at the time was just my girlfriend, we uh, she shows up at the airport, so I'm going to pick her up, and I have no idea why I even have my backpack with me going to the airport, but I do, and I'm loading Shannon's stuff into the car. Long story short, I set the backpack down to get the stuff out of the car, and then close the door, get in the car, put it in reverse. Start backing up, and then I go. Poof,
2: poof. It makes me sick. And
1: <laughs> oh, my computer, yeah. my hard drive, oh, the my mic god. are all in this backpack, dude. Did you throw up after you did that? I was, <laughs> I was so upset. I like, I didn't. I like go running. I, I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? I have to work this dude. week still because I'm like working from remotely. Yeah, and I have to work, and I've got stuff going on, and I'm like, and I'm gonna have to call Josh, and Josh is gonna tear my head off when I tell him I ran <laughs> yeah. over the hard drive like how do you do that okay but long story short yeah none of the data was (laughs) recoverable. the hard drive was crushed there
0: are people who specialize in just doing stuff like i don't know how they do it but there's like legit companies out there that can take stuff like that and actually pull i think it's pretty expensive now yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very expensive it costs like three grand
1: oh there was another time where i thought we were going to lose some data off of a off of my computer because yeah you called me uh, yeah i called you and you helped me out, and we got the we got it out of the drive. We yeah, yeah. got got it to do it. So,
0: <laughs> so last question of the show. Yeah,
1: for sure. Last question of the show. You got another one. I got one more. What's the most annoying thing, Josh and I do?
0: Oh God,
2: uh, truly nothing. Your banter back and forth is is what I look forward to the most. Come on, you gotta no, have something. Seriously, yeah. Nothing <laughs> we
1: do annoys you. Nothing you do is like, man, I wish you guys would just stop doing this.
2: You know what? I think the weather. I think the
0: weather at the top. Weather at the you top. Got, no more we weather, at top. weather at the top. What else do you talk about in this world? We live in Ohio. I know, man. I know. It's like I empathize.
2: Mike. Oh yeah, the weather sucked today. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right. My We're favorite though is when Mike always announces that, that his. Well, the question that I have now yeah. is <laughs> before I'm like it's. Yeah.
1: A- the other thing that nobody knows. Well, actually, they do know if they've been listening for a while, but. I always do three, two, one at the oh, beginning. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason for the
2: three, two, one. It's tr- there's truly not, but I even just do that it. it's a habit. That, at one, this that point. one makes
0: more sense. You got to like set the energy tone, right? It's yeah. Not like, I mean, yeah. they don't need a three, two, one in races, but they still I don't know. do it. Yeah. It's
1: like, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy at the start of the oh, show, yeah. he had the little ticking
0: thing. Like, you got to have a three, two, one. Yeah. It's got to have a but, countdown. Okay.
1: You can go. Last question now. <laughs>
0: Centered on the theme on conquering Columbus, which yeah. is live uncomfortably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what does it mean to you, Andy?
2: Oh, so much. <laughs> when I was able to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, it was like, oh, okay, this is what that feels like. It becomes a choice. So when you choose to be uncomfortable, it's almost like you have this power over your discomfort, and you're like, well, hey, this is this is making me grow as a person. This is just helping me be better in general. And something my brother said a long time ago was like some of the best memories are made when you're at your most uncomfortable. And it was like, oh, shit, that's pretty tight. And then I kind of just applied that to just my life in general and then started doing this podcast. And that was your question. So it is funny because you don't
0: you don't really realize it, though. At least I don't in the moment. And then I reflect on it a year later, Mm -hmm. a year and a half. later. I'm like, wow, that was an incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. Truly. Yeah. And that is just kind of like the, a weird dynamic of the world, right? It's it like, is, yeah. I'm, I find my most happiness in moments that I hated probably or didn't hate, yep. but didn't enjoy very much in yeah. that moment.
2: It's almost like once you get used to being uncomfortable, you just go for it and you know what to expect. And you're like, Hey, this, it's almost like you can disassociate from it and say, yes, I'm uncomfortable now. This isn't going to be permanent. I've chosen this. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Let's make the best of it.
0: It's interesting. Tony Robbins, like thing that he talks about, he, he calls it neuro associations, I think. Yeah. And he says that if you can, you link those positive times, uh, all the way back to the negative times. And then yep. in the negative, like like you're 30 minutes into a really hard run and then you Oh, I remember how good this feels when I get done, and then you start yeah. to enjoy it that way, right? And it's yeah. kind of like this almost like sick version of enjoying the pain, but yeah, uh, it makes sense. It does, yeah. Well,
1: Andy, thanks so much for joining us on thanks for having me. short notice. Even <laughs> yeah. he came all the way down here from Dayton, <laughs> so we appreciate it, and uh, it's been it's been great. I look forward to seeing you send me over some quotes yeah, of yeah. yourself, of myself. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. But again, thanks so much. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks, guys, and conquerors. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed. That episode with our man behind the curtain, Andy, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. You can hear interviews just like this one every Monday. Uh, We appreciate your support and we'll talk to you next week.